This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini. I am excited to be here with you today, and we're going to be finishing our conversation on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk specifically today about self-control, patience, gentleness, and love. And again, we're going to just pick a couple of scripture verses to just take a deep dive into what are the fruits of the Spirit. So just as a quick review, the initial conversation began with looking at the fruits of the Holy Spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where St. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in the uh, previous episode, I talked about joy, peace, faithfulness, generosity, and kindness. And so today we're going to finish up with four of the other fruit. And so I'm going to start with self-control. This is a big one, isn't it? There's so much that could be said about self-control, but I'm just going to pick one brief verse from Sirach. And this verse says, Through lack of self-control, many have died, but the abstentious one prolongs life. Through lack of self-control, many have died. Wow. I think about things like road rage. I think about people who have high blood pressure. I think about people who abuse drugs, alcohol, prescription medication, who smoke cigarettes. All of those things uh, can cause death through a lack of self-control. So we have to try to moderate our desires and put them in the proper order. Now, medicine is a good thing, but when we abuse medicine, it can cause us problems. So that's one sort of self-control that we're talking about. But then there's just the ordinary self-control for in our everyday life, right? The sense that while we're out driving, when we're out in the supermarket, when we're interacting with our family, our children, our spouse, when we're interacting with employees, or if you're interacting with uh, service people, either on the phone or in your home or place of business, all of those are opportunities for us to lose our self-control, right? And typically, why do people lose self-control? Well, I'm not going to talk about people. I'll just talk about myself. Typically, I lose my self-control when you're not doing it my way. Just do it my way and everything will be fine. But that isn't the way life works. I don't always know best. 
And especially when we're dealing with other people who maybe don't know us very well, and we are calling on them to help us, don't you think it would just behoove us to be still and listen and take their advice? Isn't that indeed why you called them or need their help for something? And it often it is so tempting. You get on the phone with the bank or the phone company or the credit card company, and you're thinking, this person just needs to do what I want now. I don't have time for this. They made a mistake. I don't have time for this. Where is our self-control? I'm going to tell you a little story. A couple of months ago, I'm sure like many of you, um, I, you know, periodically we get a uh, rebate check from one of our credit card companies. And then we, we spend it on at, at Costco typically, right? It's the Costco rebate check. So we take it, Costco, spend it. Okay, you know the drill. So we got it in the mail and I put it in where we usually put it, in our safe spot. And one day my husband says, where's the check? I'm going to Costco. I was like, well, it's where I always leave it. No, it's not there. It's like, well, you must have moved it. This went back and forth for months, months. The other day, I was looking for something totally unrelated to this check. And I had to go hat in hand, as they say, and apologize to my husband because I had accused him of losing the check, misplacing the check. Why can't you just do it my way? <laughs> and I'm the one who screwed up. And I definitely exhibited some lack of self-control in our conversations about this check. Perfect example, right? And did I cause a lack of life? No, but I certainly caused ill will and bad feelings between myself and my husband. And it was all my fault. Yes, it was an honest mistake. But just as I had made an honest mistake, and it could have been that my husband had made the honest mistake, neither mistake needed to have a lack of self-control. We didn't need to lose it over this, right? It, yes, it was annoying, but it was not a life and death situation, right? So those are the kinds of things that wear us down, those daily things that we're called to maybe not lose it over. And if you're listening to this in this time of, you know, COVID pandemic shutdown, we're with the same people on a regular basis, we might find it even more difficult to have self-control. But let's try to remember that we want to prolong our life and goodness and, and goodwill toward our fellow man. And so try to hold on to self-control and to really say to yourself, what am I going to gain by losing self-control? And oftentimes what we lose is far, far greater than what we can gain. So that's self-control. Now let's look at, uh, we look at gentleness gentleness. If I think about the image of gentleness that I love is that image of Jesus as the good shepherd. 
He is going to look for the lost sheep, that one who has strayed, and he tenderly picks up that lamb, places the lamb on his shoulders, and returns back to the fold with the sheep. You know, we're that lost sheep so many times, aren't we? And he's always gentle with us. The other story, which is just as poignant, is the woman caught in adultery. So that's from John chapter 8. And if you remember the story, people are angry. This woman's been caught in adultery. They drag her in front of Jesus and they're demanding, demanding, demanding that he do something with her. And he's very quiet, very quiet. And finally, he looks at the crowd and he says, if any of you are without sin, cast the first stone. Nothing happens. One by one, they slink away. And then with the utmost gentleness, he turns to the woman caught in adultery and says, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin any more. Gentle, loving, that is what we are called to. We are called to gentleness. It doesn't mean we put up with bad behavior. It doesn't mean that we allow people to walk all over us and abuse us. But it means that if we need to correct We do it with gentleness. If anyone could have thrown a stone at the woman caught in adultery, it was Jesus. Yet he did not do that. He chose gentleness and kindness and love and care. And that is how he turned the woman back to a good life and the life that she was called to live as a daughter of God. So that's what we are called to, to be gentle, to really reach out with the goodness of God and call on him because that's really the only way we're going to do it. Oh, and now we come to love. Love is tough, isn't it? And in our culture, love is so romantic. It's all about romance, long walks on the beach, It's all about feeling. And then we have this other odd thing in the English language. We love everything. We love coffee. We love our new dress, our new shoes. We love our car. We love our dog. We love our husband. We love our children. We love God. Now, I enjoy coffee. I don't love coffee with that same intensity as I love my husband. And neither do I love my husband in the same way that I love God. Yet we have one word for all of it. And in scripture, the kind of love that we are called to is the same kind of love that Jesus showed us on the cross. Not all daisies and butterflies and rainbows self-sacrifice, self-giving. It's a love that says, I will lay down my life for you. 
And my expectation is not that there's going to be a quid pro quo there. I'm laying my life down, you're laying your life down. Can we say that we do that 100% for Jesus all the time? I can't. If you can, call me and, and I need to hang out with you more, right? We, we, we try. We try so hard. And yet we, we often f- miss the mark. We, we sin. We fall short of that life-giving, laying down, sacrificial love. And that's okay. And, and Jesus knows that we were going to do that but he still did it anyway. So he shows us the way. He doesn't show us this way in any vague sense of the word showing us the way. He showed us, just go into a Catholic church, look at the crucifix. That is how much Jesus loves us, that much that he died. He suffered and died for you right? And we then are called to that same love. And listen to this uh, from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God proves his love for us in that we, when while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even before we really knew Jesus, even before we knew what it meant to be a child of God, Jesus died for us. And so we too are called to that same death to self so that we can serve others, whatever that is, looks like in our life, right? Whatever it's going to look like. It's not always easy. It's not always fun, but it is possible. And it's possible because we believe that Jesus died for us and that the love that he gives us, we can give to other people. We can't do it without him. We have to constantly be turning toward Jesus and looking at what he has done, what he has given us, and then saying, as as you, Lord, have given to me, I'm going to give to others. And that really is the point of love. The the Catechism gives a quote from St. Thomas Aquinas that the highest form of love is to will the good of the other, to will the good of the other. I think that's a good way to just to wrap up the fruits of the Spirit. So all of those fruits are about us living as we have been called to live as children of God, and that everything that we've been given we pass out to others because we want the good of the other. Just as God wants our good, we want the good of the other. So I'm going to leave you with that. How can we will the good of the other? And that is our Not Lukewarm Challenge this week. I will make sure I put that down in the show notes, of course. And how can we use the fruits of the Spirit to will the good of the other? That's the question to take to prayer this week. And write down those answers and ask God where you're lacking to fill up with himself 
fill up with the Holy Spirit what you are lacking, because he will do that for us. Because he wants to only will our good, and he wants us as well to will the good of the others that he has put in our lives. So that's my challenge to you this week. Figure out, with the help of the Holy Spirit, how you can will the good of the others using the fruits of the Spirit. May God bless you, and I will be talking to you again soon. Thanks for listening to these episodes about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you are interested in learning more about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, I have a Bible study called the Stay Connected Journal for Catholic Women. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life, growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you sign up to receive my newsletter, I will send you a couple of sample chapters out of the book and see if that's something that is of interest to you. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.